Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Airsoft Podcast with the Headless Chicken Squad. I am the Don. Let's dive right in after this short message. So, welcome to episode one of the Airsoft Podcast with the Headless Chicken Squad. As I said, I am the Don, and I'll be guiding you through as your host uh, over the first season. We're going to do 12 episodes and get through just everything that we can think of that is positive to do with the world of airsoft, what to do, what don't to do, how not to be, and all the things that generally we all want to hear and make us all smile when we step on the field and obviously give us something to do through Sunday through Sunday. So what's, what is airsoft? So airsoft started uh, in the early 80s. It was uh, Japan's version of paintball using uh, real-life imitation rifles using smaller 6mm BBs. And it basically very quickly spread right across the globe. Uh, some countries don't allow you to play, but some, in general, just really enjoy doing it. So what makes Airsoft something that everybody wants to take part in? Now, for me, I feel that Airsoft is the ultimate escapism. We all have to be nice to people Monday through Friday or Saturdays if you're uh, working or you're that persuasion. And we all have this sort of innate hunter-gatherer. We all want to go out and do things that kind of really let off steam, allow us to get outside the hustle and bustle of day-to-day -day life, whether that be stress calls from work, maybe you have um, care needs, maybe you have financial restraints, maybe you even have some form of um, mental health that really needs uh, a way of release and a way of escapism uh, and just all in all something that we all enjoy doing. Now, from that said, um, as much as we all like dressing up and wearing uh, real-life imitation uh, weapons, a bit of cosplay, things like that, Airsoft actually is something that in my own mind, needs a lot more um, work and thought putting into it. So um, purely from a point of view of uh, strategy, purely from a point of view of teamwork, purely from a, a point of view of leadership and communication, there's quite a lot of thoughts and things that really need to go into it. Now, before we kind of go into those details, um, who am I and why are the Heather's Chicken Squad feeling that we are the ones that should be participating in a podcast, putting ourselves out there, um, and in general, kind of taking part in something that, you know, the community feel at times that um, they don't like newcomers coming to play. They don't like people um, kind of taking their mantle away from it. So let me introduce you to myself. My call sign is The Don. Now, quite a few people always say to me, what a narcissistic name. Who the hell do you think you are to call yourself a leader, to be the Don, obviously the Don Conioli, the leader of the mafia, that sort of stuff? I ain't that kind of person, and I definitely ain't that kind of person that would think, oh, that's the way I'm going to go with it. So uh, as you've probably uh, seen, for those of you who follow me, my call sign actually comes from a very cheap, very... Chalk and cheese, uh, Spanish fruit juice. Um, my real name in real life is Simon, um, and my good friends um, nicknamed me uh, Don Simon. 
uh, and kind of as things have gone on, um, as we kind of went into airsoft and call signs came out, obviously my initial one was Don Simon, but pretty much very quickly it just kind of stuck and it kind of was just the Don. Uh, and it's stuck, it's something that's run with. Uh, I constantly get messages uh, regarding that. And, and to be fair, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek and it's a bit of fun and it's a bit of laughter. So it's not something that really needs to be taken into too much consideration. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. You've only got to look at the team name, the Headless Chicken Squad. Uh, the Headless Chicken Squad, don't let that fool you either. Um, yes, we don't take ourselves too seriously. But all I will say is a few meters on the uh, on the airsoft field, on the battlefield, uh, we are the, one of the teams uh, that will definitely be pushing. We're one of the teams that will look to claim objectives. We're not the ones that we're holding back. You'll be, we'll be loud. We'll be proud. We'll be the ones putting pyro down. We'll be the ones pushing the flanks. We'll be the ones pushing centre. And more often than not, we're the ones uh, last man standing at the end uh, on a lot of uh, capture the flag and defending games. Now, that said, um, you know, We've always said that we feel that we're on a mission to become the number one airsoft team in the UK. And I actually think we're actually doing a pretty good job of it. Um, we're now into February 2024. The Headless Chicken Squad was actually formed in January 2023. Uh, we currently have 28 team members. Uh, some have come, some have gone. Um, don't see eye to eye, kind of over what we're trying to achieve. We're out every week. Uh, in some shape or form. Uh, in many cases, we've got squads out over multiple sites because um, we do spread quite wide over the West Midlands, northeast, uh, sorry, not northeast, north, northwest. Get my geography wrong there. Um, and we do well. We've got a lot of uh, players. We've got young players, old players. We've got ex servicemen. We've got um, current serving police officers. We've got accountants, mortgage advisors. Fashionistas, um, we've got all sorts. Engineers, um, we have our own good tech, which uh, goes by the name of Earl, which I think quite a few of you know in the industry. We're an absolute top locator, but we'll come back to him uh, in a later episode. What we're trying to um, achieve at the Headless Chicken Squad is really look at what things are positive about the sports and how can we use our voice and our platform to try and push and promote airsoft for people that want to join the sport, want to get involved. More often than not, people who may have turned up to um, an airsoft site uh, as a rental, we've all been rentals uh, at some point, or borrowed somebody's kit, and really not had the best first impression of the sport. Um, I've got three or four examples of people that have done this, uh, either uh, the site's uh, setup isn't great, um, a lot of their members um, aren't really that welcoming, and really just poorly run games, poorly run sessions, I mean, people just have a really bad taste in their mouth, especially when you do get that incestual kind of feel of, oh, he's mates with him, he's mates with that. It didn't happen all the time, but there are the other occasions where we kind of get that. So what we wanted to try and do uh, with the, as the Headless Chicken Squad was really come up with uh, a platform so that no matter what site we went to, no matter what we were doing in terms of team numbers, we would help every single rental that was on site, anybody that was new, anybody got any questions, and try and be a warm, positive impact within the community, whether that be on the field or, or off it. And 
Uh, some of the lads that have actually joined and started playing with us will be testament to that. You know, we play hard when we're actually, um, when that whistle goes and the, the marshals say game on. But then once we're back into the safe zone, we're the guys that will help. We'll always chat. We're always kind of, uh, how can we help? Do you want to borrow this? Do you want to use this kit? This is what you should do. This is what we'll do next time. Uh, and really just providing that real solid footing on where we wanted to try and go with that. Now, in terms of um, where we feel we're on the mission with this, I mean, we've been to quite a few sites up and down the UK. We did a poll uh, in the middle of last year asking the airsoft community um, what they felt or where they felt were the best airsoft sites. We've been to all of those. Uh, we've got one left, uh, which is Dirty Dog, which we do aim to kind of go and visit them um, at some point this year. Uh, just trying to get that in the diary uh, and, and move forward from that. Then, obviously, um, what we wanted to try and do um, was try and come up with a fixed rotor of sites that we go to on a regular basis. Um, we're currently up to a rotor of eight. Uh, we chose, back in May of 2023, we chose Frontier Airsoft in Stafford um, as our home base. That's kind of central for most of our team members. And if we wanted to have a... Uh, a local game that involved any travelling, that's always great to go. It's always fun. Bill, Ed and the team do an amazing job of putting on great events. Not the biggest site in the world, not the smallest, uh, but they do have um, some amazing game modes, uh, great am uh, arena setting, an inverted ball uh, with a village in the middle. It's just great. And just great guys with great attitudes. So, um, but we also add into our road to... Uh, it used to be Stormforce, which is now Six Mill. I'll come back to them a little bit later today because you will have noticed that I put out loads of questions uh, on the socials earlier in the week um, and Six Mill are featured heavily in there. Uh, the guys played there um, the Sunday just gone um, for their uh, Twin Towers uh, or Two Towers uh, game. Don't want to uh, get myself in trouble with that. Um, and obviously they had an amazing day. Uh, we also went into their outpost up at Chester, uh, Warzone, Coventry. Um, we've also got on our road to Phoenix, which we've added on to it, which is Nottingham. Uh, we're there this week for a very special event with one of our sponsors, Fugit. Um, yeah, we have we have a solid rotor of things uh, and places that we go to. Uh, I can't think of anything worse than turning off and playing the same field week in, week out, seeing the same people. There is such an amazing world of airsoft out there and such an array that uh, I feel that going around each time, seeing how things are getting on, catching up with the community and kind of putting ourselves kind of out there, it's just something that we've always wanted to do and something that we've wanted to try and achieve. And I, and I do generally feel that we do do that. Uh, I think we're on course to finish 2024 20, with 50 members uh, of the team, uh, varying different abilities. Um, and I think that's going really, really well and, and kind of where we're at uh, with it, really. So, yeah, I mean, really, really positive. Now, um, a bit of structure of how the podcast is going to work um, week in, week out. We will do a weekly one. The first season is going to be 12 weeks, and then we'll take a short uh, rest for three weeks, uh, and then we'll come back with season two. Uh, in terms of structure, what we'll do is in the lead up to the week, uh, we'll put some questions out there. So we will have a little bit of a Q&A session, which we'll go on to later on in the pod. 
And then also what we will go through is we will have um, sponsors item of the week. And then we will also go through things that we've seen floating around social media during that week. There's always a little bit of controversy in the community and also things that we feel that need to be brought to people's attention and kind of have a little bit of fun and games along the way. We are going to be having guests. Some of those will be uh, other team members of the HGS, the Headless Chicken Squad. We'll have um, members from other teams, site owners. Uh, we'll get our sponsors on. Uh, we'll get people who run other airsoft-related businesses and basically anybody who we feel uh, you need to hear of from the industry uh, that would add to your thing that you want to try and achieve, whether that's something you want to be um, playing speed soft, whether you just want to be involved in woodland skirmishes, uh, do a little bit of milsim, whether you want to snipe, whether you want to be a DMR, uh, whether or not you want to just run uh, LMGs, ARs, those sorts of things, uh, what power sources you want to use, uh, we'll kind of go through that. I think in general, there's so much scope for the world of airsoft that we just want to try and uh, approach it from that point of view. Uh, I mentioned in my last uh, section there that we have sponsors. We have three uh, that we picked up over the last sort of 12 months. Uh, the first and foremost came was Just Airsoft. Um, I will go through um, why we chose Just Airsoft in more detail in a different section uh, as we break down um, how the rest of the structure will do. And then obviously we'll have some structured adverts and stuff for them as well. We also have uh, Fujin, who I, I personally am a brand ambassador for. Uh, Stuart and his team uh, are doing an amazing job uh, and what they're trying to achieve and the plans is exceptional. Um, you may be wondering why I'm wearing uh, the mask that I've got on now. Uh, we're also supported by and sponsored by um, Operators Locker, who are the exclusive UK distributor and agent for MV Tactical and their Ghost Mask series, uh, whether it's the Venom or the 40s version. Um, and I'll go through a little bit more details for, for that um, from there as well. Um, yeah, in terms of breaking things down and what we want to try and do, we just want to make sure that you enjoy the podcast. If you get involved, interact, there's comments below. We will change it. It will be interchangeable. We just want to talk about anything positive of what's going to work out moving forward from there. So stay tuned. We've mentioned our sponsors. Keep looking. There's going to be a little bit of a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, welcome back. I hope those adverts didn't bore you too much, but they are our sponsors, and they're the guys that allow us to do things like this uh, in terms of the podcast. Uh, I'm not too sure what you think of my graphics here. That will change and we'll add to it different things as we go through and um, kind of try and build a little bit of a, um, a studio and a couple of things that we wanted didn't actually arrive um, when we were in there. So what do I want to do in this section? So this is a section that we're going to call the Q&A. Now the Q&A I put out at the start of the week, um, we've been inundated um, through Facebook and on Instagram with um, questions. Uh, some I didn't really want to use. I will reply to every single one of them uh, and post them as stories uh, on Instagram and Facebook. But we chose two um, topics and questions uh, that we could use on the pod today um, that were that were submitted that actually carry quite a little bit of weight in the back. Actually, one of which is actually a really uh, hot topic and debate that 
might possibly get myself into trouble with, and I really didn't say some of the stuff that I'm going to say on it. But the question we had uh, was actually from one of our own team members. Um, it was from Peter the Tactical Dad on Instagram, also called Sign uh, Grizzly. And he wanted to know uh, about uh, hit taking uh, or cheat calling. Um, is that a good or a bad thing? Now, I think before I actually say anything on this, I think context is a really important thing that I need to take into consideration on this because um, cheat calling is um, a bit like a, it's a really bad thing in airsoft that you do see quite a bit. I'm not going to say that I'm immune to it. I'm definitely one of the vocal, more vocal players on the field. Um, if I feel that somebody's doing something or just, I think the key thing to understand with uh, cheat calling is understanding um, each and every uh, situation. Uh, yes, in the purest sense of the word, calling somebody a cheat is a bad thing. However, um, especially airsoft fields that are either low on martial numbers or have got high numbers and there isn't a martial anywhere near, sometimes um, people do need uh, a gentle instruction, especially if they're not kind of feeling, uh, learning the rules or they don't understand the rules, they're not implementing the rules uh, that are going on at the time. Uh, I've seen some of the people uh, use the term power play, which can be used and, and interpreted in a different way. Um, so let's, let's, let's break it down. So cheat calling can be called for people not taking their hits. Um, now, if it's somebody not taking their hits, um, it's a widely um, topic. Um, we all know people that shooting 40, 50, 60 metres out, um, you think you're hitting them, more often than not, it's kind of dropping short or uh, your BB's losing direction and kind of goes off left, right, up or down. And the vast majority of the time, you're not actually hitting the person involved. Um, there's also, uh, we all wear armour and different things. Uh, some people wear helmets, um, some people wear different guards and things. If there's a lot of noise going on um, and somebody might just get a slight glancing blow, different things like that, there's always going to be that element. And in the heat of the battle, it is quite easy to get het up and actually point out to somebody that, look, mate, I've hit you, um, go from there. Some people will shout, like me, that's embarrassing. Or some people might turn around and say, oh, mate, you're just a cheat. You can't do things like that in terms of different things. Now, if it's a different point of view of you're five, ten metres away and you're point blank, um, you know you've nailed somebody, not once, not twice, not three times, but a barrage of shots and they've still not called it, and that's then actually impacting the flow of the game of what's actually moving there. You can obviously just point out to somebody like, mate, you're actually ruining the game from this point of view, and obviously that's where you go off and get a, a, a marshal. Um it's one of those things. I mean, it's what comes first. Is it the chicken or is it the egg? Now, if people are actually playing correctly and honestly, um, then it shouldn't be an issue. But unfortunately, there is a subculture that floats around airsoft where people just all of a sudden, uh, especially in the afternoon of games where everybody gets a bit fatigued and they can't really go back to the respawn or they've pushed so far up and they just really want to push forward with that power play that this does creep into the game. And unfortunately, um, I just think it's one of those things where um, if we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, am I calling all my hits with the best of my intentions, then it shouldn't be a different thing moving forward. I understand why sites don't want people 
um, saying cheat calling because it can cause aggression and obviously game management issues in terms of you know people don't like being called a cheat um, and you know the vast majority of the time there may actually not be any contacts involved um, so it is something that needs to be taken into consideration but I think from um, taking a hit from a BB it has to come down to your own moral compass and if your moral compass is saying that you are quite happy to take a hit and not uh, get hit and not call it because you want to seize the advantage, then it's not an airsoft problem. That's just a, a problem that you have in your life that um, it, it's just not good at all. We're all competitive. We all want to win. Um, but I would much rather um, take a loss than take a win that involves cheating. It's just, it's just not on uh, from that point of view. So that's, that's my point on um, calling your hit. Uh, cheat calling uh, might also involve, obviously, if you're calling for objectives. If people aren't actually playing the objective the right way, we play a couple of sites where the medic rule is different, um, where people, you get hit, you've obviously got a minimum bleed-out time of two minutes. You have to wait for that bleed-out time before you can then move on and go off and do different things. So people take the hit and they'll just walk off. That's not implementation of the rules that the site owner has actually put out. That, I don't mind a little bit of coaching, a little bit of light education. If somebody doesn't take that heed, then you go off and um, speak to the site owner about that or the marshals that are involved. I think um, the next ones um, are people that just don't understand pyro rules. I think that people have to bear in mind when people are using pyro is people are spending their hard-earned money. Now, I don't care if you earn a lot of money or you don't earn hardly any money. If you're spending money on airsoft, my money is just as good as your money, and your money is just as good as my money. And it's one of those things that if somebody's very pyro and you know you're still in the room when that goes off or you're not behind hard cover, just take it. Because back to what we're saying in hit um, with with calling your hit, it's about your moral compass. We all know like disappointments, but then that's the thing about life, winning and losing. Losing hurts. It, it stinks. It tastes horrible. And that's why people don't like doing it very often. But without obviously that, knowing what that taste of losing is, then you can't celebrate the victories even better. And that's what makes it taste so good when you do win. But again, why would anybody want to take a tainted victory where somebody's obviously just not calling the hit or not um, playing the game to the best of ability? That's not winning. That's just, that's just downright wrong. I couldn't go with a boozer at the end of a... A, a day and, and, and take one knowing that I've walked around cheated or and that goes to saying that everybody's in my team if I catch anybody that, that does that it's just what's the point you're not you're not actually achieving anything uh, that is a benefit of, of what you're trying to do um, so yeah I think I think cheat calling uh, is a different thing it's very strange how uh, when you go from site to site where the big variation comes from and I think it could be changed and dealt with and managed by uh, competent marshalling. Um, I'm not going to name any sites where I feel that um, marshalling is uh, bad uh, or substandard, uh, and trust me, there's a few. Um, what we'll do is I'll say sites that um, I personally uh, think the marshals are top draw. I think 6 mil, uh, formerly Storm Force at Rugeley, um their marshalling is top draw. The amount of players they have on site and their complex game rules uh, and things like that, 
their communication is top draw. You always know when they're visible. Uh, and when there is an issue, they deal with it effectively. Um, AP Plantation uh, is exactly the same. Um, I've come away from there. And I would say between there and Sixth Wall, uh, the marshalling is absolutely top draw um, from there. And I just think uh, if you can get your marshalling right um, and the marshals play fairly and effectively game manage well, it changes the, the game flow. That still doesn't take away from the fact that you as a player have to play your part in the game. Um, and if if you, I've said this a, a thousand times over and I'll keep repeating it. If you're turning up to cheat and you're turning up to physically hurt somebody by running a hot gun and different things like that, get off the airsoft fields. You're not welcome. You're ruining it for everybody else. It's not a cheap sport to play. It takes a lot of time and effort. Just go and find something to do on your own. Don't come and turn off and ruin everybody else's day. Don't make life difficult for the side owners. Don't make life difficult for the marshals. And just don't ruin everybody's day. It's just a, it's a plain and simple thing to do. Uh, so, Pete, uh, the tactical dad, thank you for your question. That's my thoughts on cheap calling in an ideal world that wouldn't exist when the heat of the battle it does. Um, yes, um, it's bad, but unfortunately, um, if somebody is, um, you know, just not taking them point of view, saying it, past the advice, the past the marshal is just something that needs to be done. There's a way of going about it. Uh, antagonising the situation is never, ever the right thing to do. Having said that, sometimes uh, a gentle word in the right direction is something that needs to be done. Right, question two. Question two came from uh, Geek the Camera, a gentleman by, goes by the name of Neil Roberts, also a recent um, member of the Headless Chicken Squad. He asked who um, are the influencers on YouTube, YouTubers uh, that have a positive impact on the game. Um, I was on the Death Row show recently. I got asked uh, this. Um, now, again, some people are going to hate me for saying this, and I don't care what negativity comes from it because I know there's trolls out there and I know there's people out there that, that despise him and is some of his content is divisive. Yes, uh, but... I don't think you can go anywhere uh, wrong than looking at uh, James Bailey kicking Mustang. I genuinely, hand on heart, um, could name 20, 30 examples of people that were entering the sport that have literally, you say airsoft, they type it into YouTube or Instagram, Facebook, and the first name that pops up is kicking Mustang. His videos, yes, are divisive, and there's some purists out there that question his motives around headshots and different things like that. Um, but the audience and the presence and the watchability of his videos, uh, for me, really, really stand out. Um, he's got a great presence. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm jealous. Um, I see he's just been out to Puerto Rico to play, uh, teaming up with other airsofters, uh, other influencers like um, Airsoft Alphonse. What you have to look at it is this. If so many people thought that he was such a bad person and he was um, doing things wrong the way he wanted it to, um, or as bad as everybody was making out, he literally would not be invited internationally. He would not have the success that he has with his ghillie suits. Whether you rate the quality of them, whether you um, like ghillies or things like that, 
the guy is unparalleled in terms of numbers within the sport, in terms of views. Uh, and I personally um, can honestly say that I genuinely think and know firsthand that there's people, there's more people joining the sport because of him than people that are leaving because of the first impression that he, is, that he has on the sport. Yes, he's contentious. Yes, he's divisive. But then that's what makes his videos watching. If you watch any single person that talks about social media and getting views and impact and things like that, that is the things they talk about. You have to get a hook. You have to be divisive. You have to come up with things that people want to watch. Nobody wants to watch videos of everybody being really, really nice on the airsoft fields, everybody kind of running around, hugging each other, people kind of doing things that, uh, going, oh, that hit me like a feather. Let's carry on. Let's move on. Oh, thank you, chap, for uh, really taking that extra two seconds to consider whether you're going to shoot me in my plate carrier or different things like that. That isn't the sport. Uh, people want to watch things that are exciting, things that are controversial, and things that really are close to the bone. Same reason why we all want to watch horror movies, why we all watch suspense dramas, and different things like that. I don't think you can go anywhere further with that. Um, there is an absolute army of micro-influencers out there, and I could sit here for a month or some days, and hopefully uh, if we get a positive response to the podcast uh, and in general this channel on the show, that we'll be able to get quite a few of these people on the show and share their, their experiences because they enjoy just as much as a limelight as anybody else. So to answer your question, Neil, um, kicking Mustang all day long, I know I'll probably get a lot of... Um, hate um, for saying it. I've never met James, never met him. I would love to. I speak to him a few times on Instagram. I can't fault him. Um, I've always taught, uh, I was always taught to um, teach people how or treat people as you find them and also how you would like people to treat you. Until he crosses me or gives me any reason to do so, uh, I treat people accordingly. If you... Um, fair with me and you conduct yourself fairly around me i'm one of the nicest people you'll ever like to meet however if you cross me uh or you uh, burn your bridges with me those bridges will remain burned uh and i can be one of the most awkward people you'd ever like to meet uh if you're causing hurt and pain towards myself so yes i can understand why he is uh the way he is with quite a few of the trolls i understand there's some controversy around certain other areas but that there's not really much I can I can say um, from that that from all I can see he has a lot more positivity to to um, the game than um, than he does negative and and the thing of balance that's that's the way forward for me so thank you for your question Neil um, that's that, that's my view on the matter I hope that sort of clarifies and um, clears that point up as well I think. Same with anything, uh, with influencers and social media and things like that. We are architects of our own news feed. Um, and if you're going around filling it up with trolls that like being negative around airsoft and like uh, moaning about other players and moaning about this, moaning about that, then that's fine. But if you're the sort of person that wants to watch gameplay, wants to watch things about being positive and people enjoying themselves playing airsoft, then... That's up to you. you. You have the ability to change your news feed in about 20 minutes. All you have to do is hit the follow button, go to um, uh, search, 
and to put in all the positivity around it. If you want the negativity, go and follow all the trolls and go and follow all that. You're the architects of it, and it's up to you what you uh, do with that moving forward. Um, so that's the Q&A section uh, done. Two questions. I hope I answered those openly and honestly. I will always give you the uh, open and honest answers that we that require. I won't go into too much technicality uh, or detail over it. Just literally those are my honest answers uh, on my views and on how I see the airsoft world. You might not necessarily agree with them. Um, they're just the way that I actually see uh, the sport, the game, uh, and what what I feel should happen moving forward. So, stay tuned. I'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome back. So, uh, part three of the uh, episode one of the first season of the Airsoft podcast with the Headless Chicken Squad. Now, in this section, what I wanted to try and discuss was something that's actually been uh, on my mind for quite a while, to be honest with you, uh, and something that I wanted to try and put forward um, as an argument. Um, I saw DMR Day post this the other day, and I was actually intrigued to see um, the response that he got. Uh, and I haven't spoken to him in his DMs that, um, it did actually get uh, a couple of um, uh, no's, or sorry, yeses to the questions. So the question that he asked himself was, uh, headshots, should they be banned? Now, let's get this straight, first and foremost. Uh, again, some of you are not going to agree with this, some of you aren't. We are all signing a disclaimer at the start of a day to agree that you are happy for somebody to fire a solid projectile weighing a minimum 0.22 gram of a BB fired at you at up to 500 feet per second. If that hits you, I don't care where it hits you, it is going to hurt. Now, we get to the point where we talk about heads. Now, heads... In airsoft, like there are in most of the sports, are vital in the game. It's how we lead through our lines of shots. You are told at the game briefing that you must be able to shoot your weapon, be able to see down the sight of your rifle. Now, unless you're stood in the broad open, which doesn't happen very often unless you're stood doing nothing, are you going to be stood in the wide open where somebody's got the option to shoot you from the tip of your toe all the way to the top of your head, centre mass, all this? I know when I play, I will literally run to the next uh, barricade, tree, uh, obstacle that I can hide behind. And if I pop my head out, I know full well that through 85% of the game, I am going to leave myself open to get shot in the head, the face, and do things moving from there. I have no reason, nor right, yes, it might hurt, that's part of the game, Yes, I might get a strawberry on the face. It might kind of steam me up, might rile me up, but that's what I've signed up for. Now, if I'm one of the people that turn up that doesn't choose to wear face protection and I open all this up for um, no protection and to be hurt, to have your teeth shot out, things like that, I personally feel you forfeit your right to moan about headshots. Complete and utter forfeit of your rights to do so. There are plenty of products out on the marketplace 
for you to wear and buy for as little of £10, even less. In fact, if somebody is that broke that they can't afford face protection, I have two spares in my bag that I borrow to people on game days. I will quite happily donate them to you. Hit me up in the DM, I'll donate them to you. Because you should not be moaning about headshots if you're not wearing face protection. If you've got face protection, what are you moaning about? If it hits you, that's just as painful as it hitting you on the hand, the foot, things and things like that. Yes, I know that the issue is sensitised and enraged and kind of heightened by the fact that Kicking Mustang will say on his videos, yes, we're dealing in headshots only. That is there, basically, to get you people to follow his videos. It is also there to get people that when you get stuck in the face by a BB, it hurts. And you are going to either flinch or put your hand up more so than if you get shot in a rig or somewhere that you're not going to have them. It's part of the game. I don't understand why we're still having this debate and this argument of whether headshots should be banned or not. It is a complete nonsensical issue. Now, I'll go back to something else that I said. Yes, if you are the sort of person that is using your um, your ability within the sport or your time to purposely go out and hurt people because that is the only interest that you have got, then that's a different story than knowing full well that when I walk out in the field, I am not going to be pulling any punches in terms of taking shots because it might hurt somebody. It's part of the game. We all sign up for it. If you don't want to get hurt by a BB or you don't want to feel the sting or you think they might be um, a bit too much for you, maybe airsoft isn't for you. Maybe you need to go and find a different sport. Stay within combat games. Go and play uh, Nerf or go and play Gel Blasters. Go and play something that's going to take that physical aspect out for you. We all know what we're signing up for when we turn up and play. We all know that literally it's going to hurt. So why do we then have people moaning, yes, say, ow, yes, oh my God, that really hurts. All these different things that you want to say, don't then go around finding a marshal going, he's done this to me, he's done that to me, he's banning, he's this, bad headshot, bad that. There's too much negativity around airsoft, around cheap calling and things like that without people then complicating it and saying things I want them banned and different things like that. Because then that then leads into, we have sites reducing uh, FPS limits. We then have people uh, for, for the comforts of players and different things like that. I personally love playing airsoft where we're playing at the max of the limitations that are put out. Um, I find it extremely frustrating when we're planning to play on lower FPS. I find it ridiculous that we have to turn up and play um, and chrono on 0.2 BBs because the, the site owners and the staff are having to catch people out from cheating because they want to main people to get a little bit extra on their, on their range of guns or because they think it's funny. Just stop doing it. It's an absolute cunt trick. Just don't do it. If, if you're doing that, Go away. Go and find another sport. It's not for you. Like, no, just stop it. So, yeah, headshots. I personally am team headshots. Let me know in the comments. Are you team headshots or are you team, please hit me like a feather in the rig. It's, come on, let's let's play the game and let's, let's just get on with it. We all, we all sign up for it uh, and that's the way we want to go. That doesn't mean I want to be a complete uh, idiot about stuff. 
play hard, play fair, play the objective, and let's get in the bar and have a beer after. Let's, let's just play the game. Just play the game. Simple from that. Um, moving on. Another topic that I've seen uh, today, uh, not today, but obviously this week here in the airsoft world. Moving on, another hot topic at the moment that uh, people uh, keep trying to put up onto. And I'll say it again. The Headless Chicken Squad are all Team HPA, high pressure air. If you feel that HPA gives somebody an unfair advantage or you feel that it is hot or you believe the um, the people that fill it with myth and legend that um, people run hot, again, nonsensical arguments, HPA is 100% a legitimate energy source, same as electric, same as gas blowback. Now, I personally was very sceptical of HPA because of all the myth and legend that sites put under it, how kind of certain people dress it up in the, in the media. When I actually sat down and actually went into common sense and actually looked at it, I was actually blown away, pardon the pun, at just how simple um, and reliable air source it is. I play all year round. Now, electric and gas blowback have pitfalls. Now, for me, um, HPA is just one of those things that kind of works out. It's governed by the same rules and limitations as the other two power sources. There is no complete and other mythological um, factor that allows it to be um, illegal or hurt people more and different things like that. Yes, a lot of the time the HPA rifles um, can actually pick up and carry through the hop-up chamber much heavier BBs, hence causing higher impacts. And yes, dual creep needs to actually be maintained, but 99 times out of 100, that's factored into um, FPS charts and also if you chrono properly or monitoring the jowls or the jewels, uh, depending on how your pronunciation on it is, then basically there is no reason why there should be subsidised um, uh, limits for uh, HPA as opposed to the other two power sources. I was literally um, at 6 mil two, three weeks ago where um, for the first time I'd used HPA on site that I had to reduce it because uh, the insurance company um, for 6 mil, I'm advised, um, had actually uh, told them that, that those were the limits that it needed to be chronoed at. Now, um, I understand in that situation, and I also understand if a site is quite happily going to say to me, like, just purely for the comfort and game management, we are going to ask uh, people to reduce them for that. What I personally can't stand for is when sites try and um, manipulate the situation and say that, oh, HVA uh, guns run hot, um, it, the science behind it is wrong, it's something that needs to be looked at, um, we, don't, we just don't fancy it. So therefore, we're going to reduce it from that point of view. That just winds me up. I, I completely get why sites have um, comfort levels. I don't agree with it, but I can I can live with that. And if I'm going to play on that site, then I'll happily live and abide by those rules. Um, but this whole argument that uh, people will um, sneakily go back to the safe zone and 
turn the tanks up and run hot guns. Again, it comes back to the conversation that we were having before, that if you're out there to hurt people and play to an unfair advantage and basically cheat, get out the sport. What are you doing? Like, if you really, really feel that you're that hard done by and you are really that shit at the sport that you need to go out and cheat... It's not for you. Airsoft is not for you. I will say it again. Airsoft is not for you if you need to cheat. Lead the sport that we love and get out the sport. HPA isn't the problem. Some of the people, and a very small minority of them, are stop hating on HPA. If you are the sort of person that is a technical person, you enjoy your, your riffs and things like that, do your research on HPA. Don't look at the, the propaganda. Actually look at the context of it and obviously read forward on what you want to do with it moving forward because there is absolutely nothing wrong with HPA as a power source. Uh, yes, I understand that the cost of entry of it is, is quite high. Same as gas blowback. Obviously some of the rifles on that are, are quite expensive. By the time you know, I do the mags and maintenance on them, different things like that. But HPA for me is the, is, is the way forward all year round. I still use AEG just for the practicality. Um, if we just want to have a quick game and things like that, and some of the sounds and noise just for variation. But for me, HPA all the way. Um, if you use AEG, fine. You're welcome to it. Um, and if you're using gas blowback, I don't personally think that suits my playing style because the restrictions. Um, I understand you want the realism, but the HPA for me uh, all day long. So let us know, guys, what are your thoughts on HPA? Are you thinking uh, that it's overhyped? Uh, are you thinking that it is uh, hot? I- I'm open to schooling. Every day is a school day. If you could physically show me a piece of um, reliable fact and science around HPA, that says it shouldn't be a power source that should be recommended and used, school me. I'll quite happily be schooled. Um, because if every day isn't a school day, then what the hell are we doing here um, from there? So, um, so that's uh, another one of my main arguments uh, that I wanted to talk about. Now, uh, moving forward in terms of sections, let's talk about um, what we're going to do moving forward. So, uh, in terms of getting involved um, in the show of what we wanted to try and do, if you want to come on the show, drop us a DM. I will happily accommodate you, get you involved. Uh, if you've got something that you want to get off your chest and said, this is the place to do it. You know, we don't have to have strips. I'll quite happily run three or four guests per week. Um, let's get involved. You know, this this is your platform. This is the Airsoft podcast. This isn't the Headless Chicken Soft podcast. This is the Airsoft podcast. Just because we're hosting it and piling it and putting it out there doesn't mean that you can't get involved. We want to hear from you. Are you an up-and-coming site that wants to get your name out there and would like to actually have your uh, site full of people? You want the the Headless Chicken uh, Squad on site? We'll bring our numbers and we'll bring our community with us. Um, Get involved. I'll get you on there. You can tell us about your amazing site, the things that you're trying to do. Uh, and what your views points on Airsoft are. Are you another Airsoft team? Uh, I've got loads of people wanting to get involved. Obviously, I mentioned at the start that with Just Airsoft, Just Airsoft have an absolute fantastic family of Airsoft teams. Um, 
And I think that's an amazing concept, purely because Airsoft is a team game. Whether you want to turn up and play on your own, doing your own things and kind of submissions, things like that, but Airsoft is a team sport. Um, and so if you're a team and you want to get your message out there and you want to have the T-Tarte of the, how the world of Airsoft treats you and what your thoughts and opinions on it are, get in touch. I want to hear from you. Um, if you're just an Airsofter and that likes a bit of a tinker and you like kind of getting your viewpoints across, let us know. I'll get involved. Are you an influencer? Uh, are you a YouTuber uh, and you want to try and get some more views on your content and you want to kind of put your voice across, uh, views across on the show? Get in touch. Let's, let's hear from you. I'll quite happily uh, listen to things you've got. We'll share our viewpoints and let's spread the good word airsoft uh, to as many people as we possibly can. I definitely think collaboration is the way forward. Um, it's, there's a lot of singular personalities um, and I know that a lot of the platforms are trying to dumb down what it is we've got to say about airsoft and uh, the sport as a whole. Uh, let's get out there. Let's keep spreading the word. Let's say all the things that are positive about it. Um, you know, discussing tactical prowess, discussing um, strategies, different game modes that work. Tell us the hidden gems. We'll quite happily go on, on the journey of different things that we want to try and do. Are you an airsoft retailer? Are you the sort of person that's got a product or a service that you want to sell in airsoft and you want to tell us about? Get in touch. I want to hear from you. We want to get you on the show. We want to spread the good word about what it is that you're doing moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode one of the Airsoft Podcast with the Headless Chicken Squad and the Don. Over and out. See you next week. <laughs>